called Creed. Call Me Crazy. Oh, jeez. Welcome to Driving Roll Awesome. <laughs> My name is Lane. I'm Brian. I'm Art. And I'm Hushy Pushy. <laughs> Matt Brown. Is back. All right, Call Me Crazy. I woke up the other You're night. Crazy. And I was like, shit, I've been missing it all along. What? Uh, we are a Jeep Wrangler family. Wait, what? A what? Jeep Wrangler. Oh, your family? Yeah. What if we're the prime, Christine and I and our new daughter and our dog, what if we are the Jeep Wrangler family? Like an extended, like the four-door The four-door ones, yeah. Oh. Ah. I started tripping out on it because I- Actually- I mentioned on this last podcast that we're, you know, like I look at the Overland Journal shit, uh, and it's always up there at the, like the top, you know? It's yeah. like, they're made for going- off road and like you know you straight are. axles on either end and they're actually pretty reliable because they're simple and uh it's got exposed hinges like all this shit that i love you know you can spray them out with a hose like you know it's just made to be durable and that and they've been making them forever like i have a friend made, that has one of the four four door ones yeah and he has a he has two kids and a dog and everything yeah he, he kind of like loves it? it yeah he loves yeah. it yeah. he's a surfer so he's always you know I, I always like discounted them like like for some reason I pass over them like I would be more interested in looking at the Land Cruiser stuff than I would the Jeep Wrangler but I don't know Wranglers are kind of cool with a hard top yeah with a hard top that you can remove yeah like, how awesome is that Dude, actually have you driven you one can, of those though I haven't they're cool we have had a few at stock in my store really? I've driven around I have we had one that had an external roll cage uh -huh. it was like, yeah it was all yeah. decked out and it's you got to get like I think it's like 2011 I think they redid the interior so it looks like a modern Jeep which mm -hmm. I don't know if that's what you want but personally like like, to go with the character of the cars, like the, the 10 and earlier, they have, like, such basic interiors. It's actually, like, kind of cool for a modern oh. car. Oh. Yeah, I mean, dude, that you can, like, take the full top off. You can take the doors off. Yeah. You can fold the window down. Yeah. I don't know, actually. Can you still do that? <laughs> I don't know. I just said, yeah, because I, I think that's a cool idea. But, yeah, I think, I'm trying to think, I think of you which, can still do yeah, that. Yeah, which cars that? You can do the down. folding windshield? Yeah. Dude, dude that's, that's so cute. cool. Old that, school. Like, idea, not meet any safety regulations? No, well, it's got, like, a full roll cage inside, and it's got speakers hanging off of the roll cage. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like, that would actually be really rad, being yeah. able to pull the top off. Like, man. there aren't many options where you can do that. Like, everybody loves the old OG 4Runners because you can pull the top off. Uh -huh. The Broncos, nobody talks about those, but they're cool. So like, the FJ40s, you can so pull is, the Is that one of those off. things that if you pull it off once, then it'll never seal again? Probably, but you probably just have <laughs> to, like... <laughs> it's cheap, so... It's yeah. I mean, I but don't who know. who cares, right? If you, you just get better at, like, figuring out what seals to buy at Ace, and then you just replace <laughs> you it when just, needed. Just throw more cock at it. Yeah, cock. Yeah, cock. I mean, I don't know. I just I, and I got excited. I went to bed that night thinking, like, oh man, we can like do the Rubicon Wait, Trail. Probably crazy resale value, right? <laughs> they probably oh, hold pretty good. Yeah, and dude, the Rubicon is gnarly. That they're really expensive. That's they're the thing. really awesome. Like they're really you, capable. I, too. I drove one and, and I was I was super impressed. Oh, yeah, did you drive one in Hawaii or something? Because in no, Hawaii, that's a good every like rental car. car. Yeah. I drove one. So yeah. Yeah, no, it was in Korea. They had like an obstacle course set up, and uh -huh. it was like an event that I sponsored through our distributor there. Yeah, and uh, it was a Jeep event, and they had like it was like a three mile obstacle course, and had, there was like all kinds of crazy shit, like you know, you know, forty five degree incline, decline, descent, um, like off of stuff, like onto a wall, like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, deep water, like all this crazy thing, like just a bunch of shit. And then like slow, fast, everything. And I was super impressed, dude. Like it was sick to like be able to like disconnect the sway bars with buttons and shit. Right. And like, I mean, it, it did everything really, really well. Like, out of the box. Impressed. Yeah. Out of the box. It's yeah. really impressive. Like, I mean, the, I'm, call me that lane or that fucking Range Rover lover over here, like that you were saying, you know, but I mean, 
They do a pretty damn good job. I mean, I don't know what the long-term reliability is and the build quality, like if shit starts getting rattly. Dude, I think or, it's okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's know. one of those things where people just put up yeah, with it. But, but I mean, I bet a lot of that stuff, they're kind of like somewhat shitty out of the box in a way because they are so simple. Like It's like an old car. Yeah. But there there isn't as many things to go wrong as, say, like a Range Rover or something like that. Where There's no like those are air stuff. Even and like they, don't have all that hill, they don't have the crazy hill descent and all that stuff. Yeah, or even a Grand Cherokee, right? Yeah. So here's the thing. Then I look it up. I say uh, Jeep Wrangler uh, as a family car. And there's articles, of course. Um, and they're like, oh, it sounded like a good idea. You see pe- families in them all the time. Terrible family car. Like, they drive really terrible. The seats are extremely uncomfortable. So uh-huh. kids will start whining because they're just like bo- flatboard seats in the back. Kids yeah. whine really. They're loud. <laughs> I've never had a kid kids never complain. <laughs> right? They just sit there. Right? No, but they don't whine because they're uncomfortable well maybe you've always had comfortable cars yeah. I mean, I had these seat. panel gaps, and like this <laughs> yeah. crayon in, door panels. In my opinion, the, you know, the kids need to turn, learn to toughen up anyway. Like, it's yeah. not a bad idea to make them go through that. I would roll around in like Volkswagen transporter pickups and right. stuff, yeah. dude. I, mean, yeah. I, think I was like, cruising, I was hanging from the roll bar in our, uh, my parents' FJ40. I was hanging from the roll bar in my dad's Ram Charger. Yeah. I was hanging from the roll bar in my dad's, uh, I'm just kidding. It's hard to fit in. <laughs> no, but I mean, I think that, uh, I, I feel you though. Like, I think kind of with what kind of was going with Lane saying, like, you have, like, low expect or lower uh, expectations, right, I guess, because you're going into this You car. kind of expect yeah. it to rattle and stuff yeah, like that, Yeah, you're not too. expecting it to be a fucking Range Rover interior. Yeah. It's like, it's just, it is what it is, but it's like this capable machine that that has the space, that has all that. I respect um, them. It's rather they still make them. So it's, rad. it's building an old car today, yeah. right? So yeah. it's the singer of Jeeps, but they, Jeep actually makes it. Dude, it's like, if you, uh, like, I'll, I'll look at, like, the old Land 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 Rovers, I mean, like, yeah. the first generation ones with, like, like oh, the tire on the hood kind of thing? Yeah, like, they're so awesome, just classic, basic, bare bones. And for some reason, until this week, it never dawned on me that they're making that car today... And you can buy it at any in any city. You walk to any; they're they're everywhere, and they're fairly reliable, and they're just a little bit expensive. But you can just buy it, and then you know that's a car. Maybe you could drive for like ten years or whatever. And I don't get behind. Have yeah. you driven one yet? I haven't. One yeah. Yet. Dude, yeah, check it out, man. I that, feel like the resale is really good too. Yeah, definitely. I know they are pricey. Like I remember my friend bought his and mm-hmm. thinking it was crazy because. You know, wouldn't yeah. pay it or I, yeah. I don't know what the number was. But, but I mean, here's the bonus about those cars. Like, it's kind of like, well, like a Ferrari or something. It's like there are so many Jeep Wranglers out there in perfect condition because people just yes, drive them on the street. Yeah, you know, right. It's like just, just a commuter, them. right? So it's like, yeah. you know, it's not like a like a thrashed out car. You don't see, you know, it's like people don't usually use them for that. So there's a lot of cars on the used market that are actually in excellent shape. I mean, right. all three that we've sold um, at my dealership have been like literally mint, absolutely yeah. brand new. And they were all like 2010, that, you know, 2011. Like top never removed or anything. Yeah. One of them actually came, this is funny too. One of them came with a second soft top, brand new. It was like in the packaging. He's like, so the car is a hard top, but I bought a soft top and I never used it so here it is in the box i'm like oh thanks kirby i don't know i thought that they included a soft top so if it's a hard top you don't get a soft top i'm not sure what the deal is yeah, but we definitely know. got like another soft top in a box brand new with the car with the figure out so, yeah 
Yeah, and you can buy the bikini doors and all that stuff for those. You can accessorize the hell out of oh, them. Oh, so Dude, many. Sick. And then, I mean, like the like off-road options where you, you know, get the skinnier bumpers. LED and then the light big, bars everywhere. The 37-inch <laughs> tires. <laughs> Stinger or whatever, that thing that goes on the front. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A gigantic CB radio antenna just swinging around. Hang a hammock off the side somehow. Dude, I love it. Golden. I'm, golden uh, I'm backing it. While I, yeah. while I still have the mic, I just want to say that... Uh, Several days before that, I was I was lusting over because so yeah we had a baby and it was there were some long nights where I was like looking on my phone and I would get sucked into a BRZO hole and um <clears throat> the uh, Range Rover Classics mm. one of the guy on our on the uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee post a little while back uh, he recommended the, the Range Rover Classic as something that was going to go up in value later mm. so I was doing a ton of research on those because they're really sick I, I've always loved the interior of those I, I sat in one when I was a kid and the dash the way it's all flat yeah. and you sit up super high and you've got great visibility um, I, that's the, the interior uh, and driving position has always appealed to me but uh, they're like Pretty legendary uh, performers off road because it's got dual lockers and everything. Yeah, they're legendary um, for being unreliable as well. Also. That too, uh. and, and uh, importantly here, like bad AC and bad yeah. heat. They're which, great looking. The the yeah. classics, like the the well, I don't know what year that is, but like a ninety say or something yeah. like that. Yeah, the, it's the like little 80, tiny, eighty-three through like ninety. Like that blue one on the on on the oh, on the west one, side. That one's even earlier. That one's I earlier. Yeah. yeah, but like the little bumpers and just so clean yeah. looking. Yeah. But yeah. they are legendary for being unreliable. Right. I mean, you have to really love it. Yeah. And you the have to have a mechanic. Fucking, speaking of like aesthetically like pleasing ones, have you seen the two doors? Oh yeah, those are sick. That's yeah, the one that's over on the west too, side. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah. The Euro ones we didn't get them, but I've seen those around. And that's a basic setup too. That's got it's uh, the motor is based on the uh, Buick V8. A two fifteen. Yeah. Like yeah. Classic, like that they use in the. It's MGB the Rover V8. Yeah. 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 They use that. Yeah. The MGB that but, last gen one or whatever. But the thing I couldn't get over is like doing trips to tahoe in the winter and then up into the sierras in the summer like t super cold you got to depend on that heater and it, it sounded like that was a low and point the car starting right <laughs> like i mean yeah uh, they have like head gasket issues too, yeah i think like so a, yeah okay. and then sitting in traffic on i-80 coming home on a sunday in the summer yeah. where it's like we had a weekend where it was like 110 degrees sitting in traffic with sun beating down and like luckily we had tinted windows and awesome ac in the jeep we would be dying in and a dude, range Rover. those classic. things don't have power either you'd be struck you know you're yeah you're, you're really going after to get up those hills right and stuff. yeah in tahoe i don't it's not the probably not the best. All right, I'm off my like off the my like, deal. our friend Charles's LR4. Like the interior on that is worse than your your Grand Cherokee. Really? You know? Yeah. Wow. It's very like it's still kind of bare bones, but the stuff's leather. Okay. You know, it's yeah. just it's not a lot of the plastics are shitty and. Where my Jeep, it's like fully designed. Interior, it's a little nicer like design, wrapped yeah. around in luxury. Where exactly. the, the Land Rover may be just the seats and all the surfaces are covered, but it's more not squared off, kind of yeah. like. Remember plastics. we sat in that? What was it? The Evoke? It oh, so, so bad! <laughs> it was like, a, dude, I bet you the have CX to hunch it over like to epically get in. better than that thing. No, it was the, the Evoke oh. has a very low roof line. Right? Yeah, you sat in the back, right? Yeah, no, or it, I did the too. Was fine. Yeah, it's it was just fine. the interior materials and like the, the fit and finish. It was so gross. The what was it? The dash or the no the door. Panel. Yeah, it was like it was big, like like soft touch weird thing. It was like early know. Boxster Dash, you know the 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 uh, it's like a basketball. Not the oh yeah, but it was oh, it was like, like that, but like half as nice. 
Damn. It was really bad. Dude. Evoke, that's like the high-end one, too, right? No, that's the entry level. No, that's oh, that's okay. kind of like the CLA for the Mercedes. It's okay. like... Mercedes it's still makes not nice cheap, cars, though, dude. Yeah, it's like the CLA lets it... It's like 50 Gs, right? Like yeah. And they're yeah, bad. We're not at worth it, dude. I mean, yeah. like an XC60 that came out in 2010 still has a nicer interior than that. Yeah. Volvo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the top-of-the-line Range Rover stuff is fucking dope. Yeah, like the got, autobiography yeah, nice. Range Rover. Yeah, if you want to spend 140 grand or or 200 grand, yeah. actually. Feel yeah. that carpet on your toes. Really nice. Yeah. So, what's up with you? Who's this? Oh, so here? we got Hushy Pushy. Yeah, Hushy Bushy. Hushy so Matt, back this in the is, house. This is uh, third time on the podcast. Third time. After 47 so, yeah. tries, I couldn't be like an art and be like, hey guys, I'm just showing up today. So, <laughs> he's our biggest critic and our biggest fan. Yeah. <laughs> All rolled into one. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, that's a funny thing. I kind of, I mean, I'm kind of bummed that Warren's not here. I mean, it's like, I mean, I disagree Warren with Warren. Warren hates you. Yeah, it's great. It's great. I love disagreeing with Warren, but it's because, like, he's so interesting to talk to. It's like somebody who's like a dipshit or whatever. It's like, okay, I disagree with you, but you're a moron. I don't even want to entertain this. But it's like, Warren's really intelligent and interesting. So it's like, all right, you got a different viewpoint. Let's He's hash a dipshit that you respect. Yeah. <laughs> There's some respect there. That keeps I got you that title. I'll be fine, too. Yeah, Matt's a dipshit, but I respect him at least. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, dude, I mean, the, the last couple times you were on, we didn't really get to kind of delve into, like, your car history and kind of your background. So we're going to kind of get into that now, dude. So. Uh-oh. Well, I'm not embarrassed. What's so up, tell us about where you're at right now, like uh, how you're involved with cars, where you work. And so, yeah. Like, the fact um, that you own an e-golf, I just want you to bring that up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I'm a Brian's b- b- brother here with an e-golf. Um, yeah, I just started leasing that thing just because, like, I don't know. The first time I drove an, an electric car was Arts i3 demo actually and i was like this is awesome i need to have an electric car in my life i mean i still appreciate gas powered cars you know i have my boxer i have my straight six or sorry flat six fury i almost said that um, <laughs> whoa <laughs> my gay straight six flat. Uh, what is it yeah it's some kind of six it has cylinders and stuff i put <laughs> i put gas in the front engines in the back you know whatever yeah. um but actually no what i wanted to do was hit the crowd with mclaren yeah, sure. So that's where I, I wanted work. to yeah. set the bar really high with where you're at. Yeah. So I mean, I wanted to tie the e golf to that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like, dude, McLaren guy drives e golf. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I get to drive all this interesting stuff, and I think that's what people trip out on because you know I'll talk shit about like you know I think Gallardos are terrible to drive. You know, I was recommending the Audi R8 earlier, but honestly, I don't really like driving the Audi R8 that much to be honest with you. You know, I get to drive all these cool high end exotic cars. So at the end of the day, like I think about the daily drivable stuff, and I think about the trunk on the McLaren, or I think about what is actually fun and you know what makes me enjoy driving and um i I don't know i mean if you want to talk about the e-golf e-golf is super fun to drive it's just like it's really entertaining you know it has like it has its faults you know and it's like the steering is really numb even compared to other mark sevens you know they definitely numb the steering out on the eps but it's a super fun car man i love driving that thing and just yeah so Matt, you are what photographer at McLaren San Francisco? Yeah, it's tricky, man. I mean, my business card says inventory manager, I think for Volvo, and it says like product specialist for McLaren or something. So, so you work for Volvo and McLaren? Yeah, it's the same dealership. So yeah. I mean, I sit at my desk on the Volvo side, but I do a lot of McLaren events. You and know. Fisker. Yeah, it used to be a Fisker. So I started working there, and it was a Fisker dealership. We still have four new 2012 Fiskers. Wow. And I think we're about to get rid of them. I, the rumors are like Bob Lutz wants to buy them for the Destinos. I don't know what's going to happen. We've talked about that for a while. We'd have these Fiskers. So I've driven, yeah, that's just funny too. I've driven Fisker Karmas all over the place. They're just, they're funky cars, man. They're really heavy, tons of torque, like no interior space whatsoever. They're really bizarre, but they're cool. Yeah. So you are the, so you're, 
inventory manager, you said? Yeah, so I mean, that's like kind of a lot of boring stuff. Um, you know, like when new Volvos come off the truck, like I talk to the truck driver, get those off the truck. I stock in the cars and the computer. You know, it's all this boring stuff with like making paperwork and stocking in invoices and like doing the, you know, those tags you see in the window or the keychain things. Like I write all that stuff, you know. But I also do all the photography, which is my main thing. You know, I do events for McLaren. Um, I get to drive cars. You know, I drove a 570 GT up to Sacramento um, the other day, like two weeks ago, I think, for um, a Concours event. So I get to do stuff like that. And, you know, I manage the inventory, so I get to take out all the cars. And it's like, all right, man, you know, the techs, they kind of just get in the car and drive it around. They just do, like, a very basic inspection. But I get in there, and I actually, like drive the car, you know, I might like actually drive it hard, you know, or I'll just drive it around and see like, okay, well, something else, you know, did you guys notice this or whatever? Or, um, yeah, so that gets me a lot of experience, which is great. I mean, I'm passionate about cars and it's cool that I get to drive all these different cars. So and use cars as well. Yeah. Use cars. I mean, so yeah. mostly, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's mostly used cars actually because new cars, yeah, we have new McLarens, new Volvos, but the used you car. You can't put miles stuff. on the new stuff unless it's like your demo vehicle. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. like new Volvos, I mean, yeah, we have like demo XC nineties and things, but it's like, you know, you just hop in a new car and, you know, drive it around or whatever. Um, I mean, and same with like consignment cars. We get a lot of consignment cars. I mean, those I can't even drive like really at all. You know, it's like don't drive the consignment cars. They don't belong to us. But, you know, as far as used cars, you know, we own them. We got to check them out. And like sometimes I'll notice things like, all right, did you guys notice that, you know, it's like, you know, there's something loose here or something like this. Or did you get, you know, I don't know. A lot of things with the dealership too. I don't want to get too much into this, but a lot of the dealership life is just trying to do stuff as cheap as possible. So it's kind of like, I got to be in there sometimes being like, all right, guys. We don't, you know, we need a little nicer tires or we got to do this and that or we got to fix this dent or this thing is broken, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah, for sure. And did the, and you got into that from the photography? Like you started as a photographer yes. and now you've just kind of like worked your way into driving these cars? Too? Yeah. I mean, I started actually and it was just for Fisker and it was like they needed somebody to take photos for this like Fisker dealership with like some used Highline cars. And I'm like, sweet. I could do that. I could take photos, you know, and then kind of do some little like what I call bitch work, you know, just like stuff that they already had a basically a guy in my position, which is kind of cool when I look back on it because this other guy that I was initially assisting, I basically like cannibalized his job and then he got laid off because he didn't have a job anymore because <laughs> I was true. doing everything he did way better than he ever did, you know? So kind of feel sorry for the old guy. Sorry, Ron, if you're out there, but uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> He's a big listener. Was, yeah. So was he taking pictures as well? Yeah, he, did, he took pictures. You know, they're like the typical like shitty dealership photos. I remember that, dude. When I was there once taking pictures <laughs> nice. with this little, like, uh, T3 or T2 or something. Yeah, who knows? I probably had you. Yeah, oh, Ron's yeah. going to be so bummed on us right now. <laughs> I totally remember. Um, so, so and then, so you got into, so you take pictures. Didn't you do also take pictures for a NASCAR truck series or something? Yeah, so that was another thing, too. So just, like, making connections. Um, it was funny. It was actually, like, my mom's co-worker was, like, so, yeah, you know, just I like, mentioned off the cuff to my mom. They're just chatting at work. Like, you know, my husband is, like, starting this, like, truck racing series, and we need a photographer. My mom's like, um, you know, my son is a car photographer. What? So I just, like, met the guy. You know, so it's, it was the Champ Truck Series. Uh, it's Champ Truck World Series. So it's the guy who um, started, like, the Optimus Streetcar Challenge, um, Chump Car. So the same guy who founded those started Champ Truck. And the thing is, it sucks for me because I'm referring to it in past tense because there was a lot of drama in the series and just, like, basically the series 
everybody who was racing were truck drivers, not racing drivers. Uh-huh. So, That's awesome. So they, it was cool because it's all these truckers. I got to actually yeah. like get into the psyche of truckers. I got a lot yeah. of respect for what truckers do, which is rad. The problem with truckers is that they don't know racing rules at all. So <laughs> no, it's that like is when not the a yellow problem. flag comes out, it's like we're like, this is the yellow flag. Like, you know, like it's like, it reminds me of doing like NASA HPDE one. Yeah. You know, like this is what a waving yellow flag is. This is a standing yellow flag. You know, when the white flag comes out, this is not NASCAR. That means safety vehicle on the track. You know, like stuff like, like super basic. And it basically got into this thing where, you know, I don't want to get too much into this either, but you know, drama with like guys hitting each other, you know, as retribution. And it's like, dude, there's only six fucking trucks in the entire race. Who so, owned the trucks? So the individual people did. So I guess, it, you know, like the, so the idea was that it was supposed to be a low cost series. You use your like X trucks. They had to be at least like six years old or something like that. Manual transmission only. Um, disc brakes were banned. Wait, and we're talking about, are you all of a sudden talking about big rigs? Oh yeah. yeah big rigs. Like, so oh, yeah, 16 shit. speeds or something. <laughs> yeah. So they actually had 10, 10 speed uh-huh. gearboxes. And what, where are they racing on real race Ro- tracks? Real road courses, like real what? places. You know, they went to like even up to Charlotte. The first year they did Thunderhill. What? Um, Whoa. Yeah, Dude, that's right. It was super cool. You know, New Jersey Motorsports Park. We were down at like, um, we went all over the country. We went to Portland International Raceway, you know, like big ass trucks. It's like, so they have single rear axle. So not like the full size big rigs. Um, if you ever see like a FedEx truck, that's what I always tell people. It's like, the, oh, okay. you know, they're pulling yeah. the trailer, but they only have one rear axle and it's like a smaller cab. Yeah. Those guys. And so the trucks were basically stock. It's like some of them even still had radios in there. It's like they have like a roll cage and a racing seat and that's it. What brands are like Volvos or? Yeah, Volvo, Mac, Freightliner. Um, we didn't have any, like what's it called? Kenworths or whatever. But um, yeah, Freightliner, Mac and Volvo were the popular ones. Um, and yeah, basically it's like engine modifications were basically like stock parts only, but you could Frankenstein top speed limited to 100 miles an hour so it's like how you get there basically um the first year drum brakes were the rule so you had to have drum brakes all the way around they were water cooled so it was actually a super cool series because they're also on street tires shaved down continental street tires Mm -hmm. so super entertaining you know they're pretty slow but they slide a lot you know it's like it's dude seeing a truck like two trucks doing four wheel like six wheel drifts or whatever you know following each other is so fun to watch these trucks because they're really dynamic they move a lot they actually race super cool the downside, though, we only had, like, six entrants. So after one team backed out because of the drama, we had, like, four trucks left. And this other truck, the other team was like, well, we don't want to be in there. So there's three trucks left. So it's basically, like, yeah. there was, like, one, like, factory truck. You know, like, the series ran their own truck. So that's how the series kind of collapsed. Like, just drama. It was really stupid. Who was your main sponsor? Because you had to have a... I mean, that's the only way you can survive. Totally, yeah. I mean, the main one was um, Meritor. That was a series sponsor. So they basically... They make like OEM replacement parts. So like any truck, you can fit Meritor parts to it. Like they make like brakes, clutches. They even like retrofit like... Um, what's it called? Like safety devices, like um, adaptive cruise control and autonomous like braking stuff. Like Meritor makes like everything, like all kinds of OEM replacement parts. Um and then that was one. Continental was the other one. So Continental sponsored the series. They That's brought a lot cool. of tires. Um, those are the two major ones. Did you get... Were, was it like televised in any way? No, or? we had a live stream. So one of the teams actually like had a live stream that they made. You know, they had like three cameras and they actually it had like multi-camera kind of editing. Together. Yeah, it was real low-key. And, yeah. you know, I mean, our support series were like... I mean, the biggest support series I think we had was like Optima Streetcar Challenge. But, you know, one of them, it was like um, US Drift Circuit or something like that. You know, like some like random drift club. And they got way more spectators than Champ Truck did. You know, we had like yeah. NASA HPDEs as the support series. So it's like <laughs> you have your HPDE, like, take a break. 
brake champ truck <laughs> racing, your HPDE, you know, it's like, so it was like very minor in the first couple of seasons, which was wow. cool. But yeah, I wish I had continued because it was so fun to watch. So, so low-key. They would like fly you out and buy you Arby's and then send yeah. you home. <laughs> actually, yeah, we had actually ate better than Arby's. Yeah, it's funny. Like the guy who owns the series is just like a total like wine and food snob. So, you know, we would actually like have like decent dinners. We had a great time actually, you know, and they, cool. yeah, they would fly me out, pay for a hotel, all that stuff. It was a great time, man. I regret that it ended. Dude, I remember, so from back in the day with Lemons and when Chump Car spun off, wasn't the guy who started Chump Car the owner of Altamont Speedway? I don't think so. You would have to know that if you were working with the guy. Yeah, I don't if, if think that was so. true. Yeah, okay. I don't think so. But I mean, one cool thing about this guy, he actually he was like one of the founders of like um like a Mulholland Racing uh team like oh, back sweet. in the day. So like if you look it up, it's um clandestine racing enterprises. I think CRE. They had if you look, I think it's May 1974 Hot Rod magazine. There's a whole article, like a big article, front page thing on CRE. That was his club that this guy started, John Condren. What kind of cars did he run? Um, like if you look, they had like. RX-3s and like just um, I trying to remember what else was there. That one, that's one that stuck out to me a lot. Like the RX-3 was like a hot car back then. Yeah. Um, yeah, so sick that he had like a legit Mulholland. He was like a real Mulholland racer back in the day. That's cool. Super cool. Wow. He wasn't like the chop top 911. No, that's actually the, the hill. That's or, what's, yeah, it's yeah, funny that's too. Like that famous. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't know that guy because he's like, oh, by then it was over, man. Like, but oh, really? that's like by 74 when that guy was in, like the, the guy who's played as Mulholland, you know, chop top RSR. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's like for his, like the old school guys, that's like when the ship had sailed. You know, mm-hmm. by like 74, I was like, fuck, you know, too many cops out there, not fun anymore. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, they used to do like real racing. They had like pits and spectators and like grids and all this shit that was like, just like listening to the stories about how it used to actually be they used to race side by side up Mulholland wow. like it was a racetrack they used to, and it wasn't close and up. it wasn't closed <laughs> oh, like awesome. yeah they would just basically have a guy at the top and they had radio sometimes mm. and it was like I mean they just went out there and they would race side by side up Mulholland amazing that's so sick <laughs> so um, awesome John Condren uh, was CEO of Altamont oh, Speedway sweet. cool yeah. yeah he's a super cool guy if you ever meet that yeah. guy in person shake feel, his hand he's one I feel of, like I met him back honestly he's like one races. of the coolest men I have ever met and people even i mean it includes anyone he's like one of the coolest people on the planet seriously love that guy so you and art went to uh ucsf together yeah how'd you guys oh, sf state yeah oh okay state. Yeah, oh SF yeah obviously state. yeah we're not SF medical state. students well yeah, art, yeah. art almost was but yeah that's actually how i met art i still remember it like somewhat clearly i think i was a, a sophomore in one of our japanese classes at the time, I was wearing a shirt that said, I heart my Honda. And, uh, oh, like, Art. Oh, yeah. Art. JDM Love. JDM Art over here. JDM Love. Like, of course, like, you know, very friendly Art that he is, you know, Mr. Connector. He comes up to me and I think he's like, what kind of Honda do you have? I was like, dude, I got a 2000 Civic SI, man. How about you? And I think, did you have your SI at the time? Your 89 SI? No, what did you have at uh, that time? I don't remember. But actually, you didn't tell me you had, a, you didn't say you had a what, yeah. Civic SI. You said you had an EM1. Ooh. Uh, uh, like, what yes. color? I think I even asked you if it was electron blue pearl or whatever and yeah he, and you said no it's uh was it flamenco black yeah f- yeah flamenco black pearl not, go. not nighthawk dude this is like a movie scene that i want to shoot someday <laughs> yeah just really drawn out and romantic yeah like, that's why art that's funny like listening to the podcast you guys are like ah art is so drawn out i'm like do i know it yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, like 10 years we're still the same story that he told me the first time waiting for the ending on that one i I heard there was the best like podcast review recently. The guy said, uh, I could listen to you guys all day. And most of you, especially Art, could talk all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. We that love is very it. true. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's how we ended up meeting. Yeah, so we just kind of connected over over the JDM Honda stuff. Yeah, so you guys got all into the, you guys are got a little meets together and stuff. We made the meets. Yeah, that was yeah. actually the cool thing. Yeah, oh. Art was the guy who like started the meets. Like he organized a few of them. We had like a, some cool drives. Like uh, that's what's funny. That's what I mean. Interested introduced me to this world. I mean, we did a drive where we cruised out eighty four. Like, I think that was the first time I ever drove eighty four, and we did a oh, meet out at like San Gregorio. One. Yeah. So just like stuff like that. That's what we used to do in college with our Hondas, you know, and like. I don't know, and it's funny because before I met Art, when I met Art, actually, I was on my second car, and uh, when I finished college, knowing Art, I was on my 14th car. <laughs> so <laughs> You had to keep up with the Joneses? Yeah, totally. Yeah, dude, we, were, we were doing the same shit. Yeah, we were out there just fucking, you know, looking for interesting little cars that we can clean up and flip and throw Enjoy. some uh, new cup holders in and place the stereo. Dude, we cup That's holders. Right. Mud flaps and cup holders. And, so, and a lot of them were hand-me-downs. Actually, a lot of the CRXs that I owned ended up in Matt's hands. I don't know if any of my Civics did, but most of my CRXs you ended up owning, right? Well, Including the red, one the, Miata? The red one, and yeah, the red CRX. And then one of your Miatas, the blue one. No, wait, I didn't have your blue Miata. I got my own oh, blue Miata. No, but you did the black '88 and also the red '88. Oh yeah. And I yeah. Yeah, and I wanted to have your white uh, EF. I was like about to buy his white '89 SI, but I kind of flipped it and I totaled yeah. it. So, oh uh, shit! Yeah, yeah. Dude, I let him. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dude, here, like, basically gave him. Oh, the keys. wasn't even his yet. No, yeah, yeah. I gave him the keys for Free the day to like check it out. And uh, and yeah, and he, he calls me like panicking. I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry, man. I fucking crashed your car. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, whoa. I'm like, is it like drivable? And he's like, I don't know, man. Just get over here. So I go over there. He's like standing there with his fucking arms crossed, like looking at, the, like staring at the car. And like he had full on rolled it, like um, wow. yeah, flipped it on the streets of San Francisco. I so. haven't flipped the car before. I'm impressed. Let's keep it that way. Yeah. So uh, let's do uh, highlights. What are what what is what's some of your car history? What, yeah. What did you drive in high school? I guess. So yeah, know, first, first car, car. I mean. So actually, let's go back a little further, just so you guys have the you know, like the the what's called the context here. When I grew up, I grew up around all old cars. I mean, really old. My dad's daily driver when I grew up was a 1936 Ford pickup truck. Oh no, wow! So every single day, that's what he would drive us around. He would drive me to school every day in a 36 Ford hot rod. Wow! I mean, my sister. Wait, um, where did you grow up? Around San Jose. Here? Yeah, I, was okay. in San, I grew up in San Jose. Oh, so he was like part of the early San Jose hot rod scene? I mean, not that early. I think he, he bought the truck in 72 when he um, got out of the army and he kept it for a long time in the 80s. Basically, like, it's funny, you guys can probably, um, you know, empathize with this, but um, when my mom was pregnant with me, my mom went and bought a brand new car. She bought a stick shift, a 1986 Saab 900 when she was pregnant. Yes. And then my dad was like, all right, I'm going to tear apart my truck. And so he completely disassembled the truck, every nut and bolt, and re restored it on his own but he like hot rodded it so he put a, like a Chevy V8 I know blasphemy but it was the 80s it was 1987 so he basically like Ford engine sucked back then so he put a, the Chevy engine in it um, he painted it himself using lacquer paint which is illegal now wow. um, yeah he built the entire truck by himself um, he also had a 65 Chevelle um, which he sold and then got a 64 Oldsmobile and he started the classic Japanese motorcycle club so what? basically like my backyard was like about 20 at a time like a rotating cast we just had our backyard filled with like 60s 70s maybe some 80s mostly 60s and 70s japanese motorcycles Dude, so that's sick. that's basically what i grew up with so that's a like context is that um i was really into like old you know old stuff right um here's the shitty thing my dad had a massive stroke in 1999 when i was 12 so you know i think i would have had like a muscle car or something old maybe one of my dad's cars that's what i would have driven unfortunately 
I mean, my first car was something normal for a first car. It was a 1991 Honda Accord EX automatic, um, super EX, clean right? car. Yeah, it was an EX, so that has like Dude, five more horsepower. Exhaust? Yeah, it has like five more horsepower because it actually has like a different exhaust manifold. Ooh. I don't even—is that flip-up headlights or is that? No, no, it's the one, one right after like that. The little, the little like slit. the diamond cut yeah. sort of projectory looking yeah. lights. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and that was a that was a cool car. It was just you know got me around. It was super reliable. You know, I took it to SoCal a couple times. I remember cruising at like 110 for like a while on. on Highway 5, you know, just like I didn't know any better and whatever, just cruising. Um, but I still really liked Hondas and my dream car at the time, like, an, again, the Initial D thing, I was like seeing Initial D and I really liked the EK9, like the Civic Type R. And so my dream car was like the 99 to 2000 Honda Civic Si, you know, B16, VTEC. I thought they looked so cool. And, um, you know, like I actually come from like a slightly privileged background, whatever, you know, like upper middle class. So when I graduated high school, my mom bought me a used. So at the time I graduated in 2005, so I'm a little younger than you guys, but okay. I, um, I got a five-year-old car ooh, when I graduated high school. Yeah, that's pretty new. Pretty huh? cool, right? My mom bought me a 2000 Civic Si, which was awesome for a while. I had it till I met Art, but I mean, this is where I learned. We actually learned this many times, unfortunately, Art and I did firsthand. Mm-hmm. Um, I parked my car in a carport outside, and I, lived, I used to live in the villas, what it's called, villas, right? Um, which is right next to San Francisco State. So I lived like, I don't know, six blocks away, a busy area, people walking around. I parked in a carport. Uh, one day I went to my friend's pad, you know, like a walk to his house. On a Friday afternoon, I came back at 3 p.m. on a Friday afternoon, and my car was not in its carport. I'm like, didn't I park it here? I didn't drive to my buddy's house. Yeah, my car was stolen in broad daylight on a Friday, in, like in an area where thousands of people were walking. Wow. So that was our first introduction to like real Honda life. And they actually found the car two weeks later in the Sunset District. They had put um, Civic CX seats, the vinyl ones, mm-hmm. in there. <laughs> um, they had torched the springs to slam the car. <laughs> they, I had, Super weird. Yeah, it was so weird. I, I had an AEM cold air intake. What? But they stole the air filter. Filter. Not the <laughs> not the intake. So I had the intake, wow. but there's no air filter on so it. So what year was yours? What Dude, year was it? Was this a car? 2000. So is that the one with the the headrest with the single arm? No, those are the seats they put in there. Oh, okay. So they had okay. the one you know had the one with the hole and the little like you know. Yeah, I always thought pattern. those those headrests were kind of cool though. But, yeah, they're kind of cool, right? I mean, they put that they put that in the car like didn't fit. I was like, yeah, oh, fuck. So in a way, like it's like that because the car didn't drive the same. You know, it just didn't. I mean, they obviously like, probably beat the shit out of it. It just didn't like rev the same way. It didn't you know, like, have the same amount of power or whatever. It just didn't feel right. And then combined with that and knowing art, it was like, bam, slippery slope. Time to start flipping cars, man. And so, <laughs> um, you know, I went through a lot of different cars. I've had basically, it was like, I've heard you guys make fun of art on this before. It's like, I wanted to own every Civic in the 90s. You know, it's like, I had, you know, it's like, I wanted an 89 Civic SI. You know, I, I had like, I literally had like an 89 Civic SI, an 88 CRX, I had two 88 CRXs, like a 92 VX, a 93 SI, a 94 Integra, a 90 Integra, a 95 EX, a 93 SI. Like, and so. It's so weird. It's yeah, so different it's, than like most other car cultures. Like, yeah, it's like Honda scene is so ancestral. Yeah. It's like, yeah. dude, I gotta get the other one of those or just to try it out, you know. Like a, all this stuff, and I, you know, I had an Integra, like a, you know, I had a GSR. I had I didn't have two GSRs. I don't know. I just had all these different cars, and so 
what's cool about Honda's is like everything kind of like bolts and unbolts. So you get your mods, like you know, you have like your steering wheel quick release, and you put that into every car you have. You know, I had like the set of Recaros that I would put in your like, three ZHP cars in a row. Shift knob. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I actually had my shift Momo. Knob? I don't know what's that. My my Mugen, as people say, but it's like yeah, Mugen um, shift knob that I put that in a few cars. You know, a lot just, of wheels. Like, wheels too. We kept wheels. Oh, yeah, Panda yeah. Sports yeah. had a few. Like, like that one Rota that looked like the Azif Type A's. We had those in a few cars. So, but basically, Art and I went back and forth, like just like trying to acquire different Hondas. You know, like, and you know, I didn't want to work when I was in college. I'm like, you know, I just want to go to class, come home, and chill out. I don't want to go to work. I hate working. You know, working sucks. And I'll do that when I'm after after college, right? But obviously, you got to pay for stuff. So I did that by flipping Hondas. You know, it's like buy buy low, fix something that's super simple. Like, oh, the car won't start. It's a piece of shit. Well, it's probably a main relay, which is you know you can put in your pocket at a junkyard. That's what you know usually makes these cars not start. And just like stuff like that, you know. So Art and I did a lot of like suspension swapping. That's why he was so so cocky about the NSX because mm. we swapped yeah. many a suspension mm-hmm. in my. Uh, driveway in San Francisco. He lost it. Did you have a little red wagon with the hidden compartment under it? So you could like... Damn, that's all fancy. You had nothing. Uh, okay. <laughs> the little red for, wagon. For, you know, for the junkyards. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, for sure. No, yeah, we, like... Just hide it in your toolbox. She box. was lax, yeah, dude. So I think we maybe stashed a couple things in the socks a couple times, maybe. <laughs> Pulled them up high. <laughs> it was like tiny stuff. You buy the yeah. big stuff, but it's like, fuck, you know, it's like this little like tiny plastic piece. I'm like, going to pay yeah. $10 for this or whatever you want to charge. But... Um, we do not condone to condone theft on the Diving Well hey, Awesome man, podcast. That's why you pay two bucks to get in, right? Two dollar yeah, entry exactly. is the two dollar yeah. main relay. It pays for one little treat yeah. for a little prize <laughs> for a little switch. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you had like every Civic and yeah, Integra like imaginable, yeah. basically, yeah. and, and then and then I, I got them hooked on Miatas too. Yeah, and then all of a sudden that was like, that was just weird too. Like I don't know, it's like I don't even know how that happened, but my first rear wheel drive car was a Miata, and it's funny too because I just remember like we, man, how much did I, I paid like sixteen hundred bucks for like a 91 Mariner Blue Miata and this guy had bought it off this little old lady and he didn't like the car so he was just like fucking he's getting rid of this thing but it's just funny that I still remember like Art taking he took me on the test drive I went to buy the car and Art's like the expert so he drove me right like, uh. but I just like still <laughs> he did that with Ruben too <laughs> yeah. Ruben was buying my Mark II GTI yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like I don't know a car expert I just let him handle it right but I just remember the test drive and just like like the sensation of being in a in a fast or like not fast like going fast in a rear wheel drive car you know because I I mean it's funny to say this now, but I had never done that before. Just like, whoa, this sensation, right. you know, like a rear wheel drive car or a mid engine car or a front, you know, every car like feels different from the passenger driver's seat, right? How it rotates or how it grips, you know, it's like, I remember Art just like chucking the Miata into a turn and getting on the throttle and it's like, well, it's rotating, you know, it's like, that was just a cool <laughs> feeling. That? Yeah. But you know, I just ended up like getting addicted to that, you know, all of a sudden it was just like, gotta have that Miata. Then I got another Miata and then... I don't know, like that led to the FRS basically where I was like, I need like a really cool rear wheel drive car. And then now it's like, bam, I'm not like art where I'm like, nope, no front wheel drive, can't do front wheel drive, hate front wheel drive, you know, whatever. But definitely like I really fell in love with rear wheel drive. Well, yeah, you bought the e-golf, right? Yeah. So. I mean, the e-golf was fine. Yeah. It's like, it's funny. I wish I had more grip. It's weird. Like getting wheel spin when you have the wheels turned, it's like, okay, floor it when the wheels are straight. Ugh, I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... It, what's the art? Art you hate front wheel drive because of the return the center or something? That, there's a, it's just the, like, uh, I hate the when thing. you say that because it's that's caster, caster, yeah, caster. Yeah, yeah. It, there's a like, lot of little things. I mean, it all adds up. I mean, but I mean, <laughs> it's just. It, 
You know, I mean, forget Castro. I mean, even like the cars that are like really dialed. I mean, there's something about having your wheels not drive the front. I mean, not drive. But you like all-wheel drive yep. cars, so Mr. B5 S4, like what the yeah, hell? Yeah, yeah, totally. And but it's it depends on, but it's not the same. It's like you you have, for example, like the X1, right? Like you can do all-wheel drive to where it doesn't feel like a front-wheel drive, totally, right? Like I mean, no doubt there are some that are more front-wheel drive, like more sort of uh, yeah, more front-wheel biased and also more plowy and understeery and all that. But um, there's something about pulling out of a corner in an all-wheel drive like an old like an old Audi Quattro that is plowy but that is totally unique to that um the front wheel drive thing for me is just like it, it just it's not like I, it like stems from like what it was supposed to be it's like supposed to be economy focused it's not really supposed to be performance oriented that's one part then there's also the fact that like I like the sensation of my f- wheels feeling free you know like and I like the return to center I think we all pro- like that, that but I don't, I don't feel the, the return to that center was, you know I always one thing I always bring up to, to, I've told us to Art before too which is funny that he always brings it up even though I said this like something like a McLaren that has like no return to center at all yeah. like you turn the wheel in a McLaren go through a turn it just sits there that's what I remember you know? about the like driving Ferrari 308 it wouldn't return to center either. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. That's like that's caster, right? You know, like yeah. How like, well the wheel I felt like to center. the the Jetta always returns to center. Like really, it's it's yeah. nice in that in that way. Mm, yeah. So I don't know if that's a front wheel drive trade or just the Honda trade. The or alignment. Something, I but, mean, the, yeah, like yeah. Caster, but I mean, the, given that, like, let's just say that it is caster, but the car drives optimally a certain way with a certain amount of caster. So if you start to change that, then you're compromising the car, right? So like, that's like this whole thing. But I mean, it sounds like. Yeah, like um, you, you say a Jetta, right? Like a uh, like your Jetta. I drove your Jetta. With, they just yeah. had springs and shocks, and, and yeah. it was fine. I mean, and I, I mean, I think they, you know, no doubt that a front wheel drive car can be very capable and they can be sporty and all that. It's a different driving dynamic. I, I don't like. They're not very fun in the. They're all in the dry, like for usually for daily driving and stuff. It's pretty decent. Yeah, like I, I but in the wet, like the Acura is a oh, pile dude, I, of shit. I hate, in the wet. Yeah, like, front wheel drive in the it wet. Is, it just. I mean, if I can like. I can plow in every turn if I if I give it yeah. gas, you know, yeah. Yeah. and it's the it's like the opposite of a torquey car, right? And yeah. it still will just wheel spin out of these turns and kind of. Yeah. Well, an LSD could fix that, right? Because you can actually get it to rotate. But sure. I mean, I have no like. Th- there's like this fascination with lift off oversteer. Like I really don't care about that. Like yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's it's it, I have no interest in that. That is not something that I like, and it's like really ineffable. Like I can't really describe it beyond like never lift, bro. I'm trying to like make sense of it, but it's like. There's something about just the driving dynamics of a rear-wheel drive car, a mid-engine car, and even an all-wheel drive car that are superior to a front-wheel no, drive. I, yeah, you know? I mean, and for so, sure. Like, I don't buy the all-wheel drive thing, though, because it's like all-wheel drive, it's like when we talk about better all-wheel drive systems that are more rear-biased. So yeah. if you take that to its logical extreme, let's do 0% at the front and all of it at the rear, bam, all-wheel drive sucks. <laughs> but so it's all-wheel like, drive is <laughs> pretty amazing in weather. conditions. Yeah. True, but... In wet weather and stuff, like a, a Quattro or something. True, but I can't like, remember the really, last time we had such conditions. Well, uh, I mean, I'll run in... So, I, I mean, if I had gravel roads, I mean, I do see what you're saying. If we had, like, snow, rain, gravel roads out here, that'd be If you drive 84 or something, if you commute, like, like Brian's old commute, oh, trees and stuff yeah yeah it's it's wet almost every day but i'd still rather have rear wheel drive in that situation because it's like i don't say that's my argument it's like i don't know it's like do you like need that extra grip like and i don't i don't know it's like but it's all the personal preference like art really likes that he likes like the way the quattro exits the turn that's super for me me. for me yeah i'd rather have a rear wheel drive car exiting a turn i'd rather even have a front wheel drive car ideally i think we'd want a little bit of both but i don't know if front wheel drive has 
that many redeeming features is what you're saying, really. I think so. Pretty much, yeah. and I kind of agree with that. I mean, you got to drive the e-golf, man, because it's like, you know, Brian, I think maybe you could talk about this. Like, the way that it transfers power, like, you can feel it when you're going through a turn. It's not like an LSD. It almost just, like, puts power to the wheel that needs it. So you have the wheels turn, you're going fast through a turn, you hit the gas, It like it's like, okay, you want power on the outside wheel, and you can, like, almost feel it, like, rotating the car. You know, it has, like, a crazy diff, the way it shuffles Dude, power. It's I, cool. Yeah, I... I it's beyond me. Like the whole electric drivetrain thing just feels totally foreign. I just know that it's fucking fast. Like <laughs> it will carry speed like crazy. Like Glen well. Canyon, like, you know, it's tight little twisties. And if I want to, I can just, I can pick up speed super quick and just, it carries through the turns like nothing. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I can really be going way faster than I should be, uh, in no time at all. And it, it just, it all feels like super effortless. And so, I, I'm not even, I haven't even, this is the first time I've ever even considered like what the diff is doing or what that even means in that car. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Does the e-golf limit power low and like, at slower speeds, kind of like uh, the i3 does? It might a little bit. Hmm. I think, the i3 limits power I don't think off it, the line. Oh, right? I, I think so it's it, a more progressive. I think it, yeah, yeah. Is it, prog- it yeah. must because if otherwise, if we stepped on the throttle, we would just be able to roast tires, I think. But have you turned on the traction control? Because I did like... I wish I had measured how far it was because when I first got the car, I remember like my friends were in front of work and like uh, they just they were like, "Hey, Matt," I'm like, "All right, turn off traction control." I just gunned it. And it was like, Rrrr! I mean, it was like a, like a three second burnout. Like seriously, like like I three seconds I of turned it off yet. I don't even know where that button oh, is. Yeah, it's like a car off. Really? <laughs> yeah, dude, you're missing out, bro. Yeah, dude, it's like Squealy Dan over here. Like it'll do, it'll like squealy roast Dan. the tires. It's awesome. Yeah, it's DWA's yeah, yeah. favorite band. Well, there you go, man. That's kind of an interesting. That's a funny thing to mention because. Uh, the reason I bought the i3 in the first place is because it's a rear engine, rear wheel drive electric car. Yeah. But you can't do burnouts. That no sucks. Yeah, so yeah, I can do a burnout. <laughs> you can you do a can. burnout. Uh, Dude, I think it would be interesting on this front wheel drive versus rear wheel drive versus all wheel drive debate. Like, talk to the guys at like O'Neill Rally School or something and see what they think. It's, I've heard some, uh, or, you know, I've read some of their articles about getting through turns with a front wheel drive car and everything and, um, just the way that they're driving. I mean, uh, most of the entry level rally cars are front wheel drive. Um, yeah. And they make them work super well. It's just a different driving style that you have to apply to the car. Um, yeah, it's also safer. I think that's what you probably start off in a front wheel drive. That's right. Front yeah. engine car, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Front, front engine. An FF car. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, dude. I mean, the, I I would like to like them. That's all that I have to say. I mean, I still. Maybe have, drive a really good one, though. Like, drive like a Mark 7 GTI or something like that. You know, it's like. I remember the one uh, thing I had that disconcerting where I was passing Alice's going to work one day in the Jetta. And all of a sudden it turned from snow, or from rain to snow. Whoa. And the roads were white all of a sudden. And I'm just going straight and there's not even a big turn. It's just like a sweeping left. You know, I'm going the speed I was. And all of a sudden it's kind of white and I didn't adjust my speed yet or anything. And all of a sudden the rear end is out and there's nothing I can do. Like you're supposed to mat it, right? You're supposed to give it more gas. Yeah. I was on the throttle. It wasn't, and the rear just didn't have any traction, and it just you know starts spinning. I feel like in a rear-wheel drive car, I could kind of yeah. like feel what was happening and kind of play with it. It is a little creepy that you just have those two wheels hanging yeah. out the back that aren't doing anything. Dead weight. It's exactly. Like a dog. Yeah. It's like you see those dogs that are like, you know, they're just like dragging their butt behind. It's like, <laughs> yeah. like, like little wheels. Yeah. Like, what, yeah, what are you even doing? And in that there? case, like, it was all like about the rear. The rear tires basically had no tread on them. Damn. Well, and the know. fronts had tread. So 
there was nothing you could do with the rear end, and you have no control over anything. And you were like banging off the limiter like three thousand RPM, <laughs> yeah. like, like three thousand. Hey, it's like thirty-eight. <laughs> 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 yeah, Lincoln Park on ten on the stereo. <laughs> it was disturbed. Thank you. <laughs> Damn. Oh, uh, so I guess cartoons. that's uh, that's that's your. So what do you have right now, oh, or so what's yeah, on so the horizon? So let's see. Yeah, oh, wait, so did you sell your FRS? So yeah, that's like the thing is that I uh, just. I couldn't make it work financially. I wish that I could have, but I was like, well, I got to let go of the FRS to basically get into the e-golf because I already have another car, which is the Boxster that I picked up uh, about a year ago now, actually. So it's a 2000 Boxster Arena Red, black interior, tons of options. That's why I bought it. It's just as a leather dash, so not like that basketball oh, yeah. thing that That's Lane rare was saying. on a Boxster. Yeah, so it's leather dash, leather door panels. Is that 2.5 so, or 2.7? Uh, two seven. So okay. it's the first year of the of the two point seven, and the last year of Arena Red. So it's the only year you could get an Arena Red two point seven. Two, Does that have a, a two glass rear window? Horse? No, plastic. Plastic. So, two seventeen horse. Something like that. Yeah. Which I mean, it's it's a really slow car. Yeah, like yeah. The, it's funny that the FRS. Maybe it's just a gearing. FRS felt way faster. Like uh-huh. I, when I had both, I would just hop back and forth. I'd get in the FRS, and I was like, whoa, this thing is much faster. You know, it's interesting. Just, yeah. yeah, it's weird. Probably the gearing, I guess. Um, but yeah, the, the the boxers are long. Yeah, real long. long. Gears, it's funny. Yeah, yeah driving. Like, I got into Arts NSX, and I'm like, okay. I was like the boxer in a way. I mean, the NSX has long gears, too, but I'm like kind of used to it already. I wasn't like as shocked. You know, the FRS has really short gears, actually, you know, so. I know. That's... I've only driven that one FRS, and I was like, "Oh, these people are stupid." Everyone that complains about the power, yeah, I mean, felt the, great. The only, leg- I mean, I've heard one legitimate complaint about the power, and it was what Brendan said. He's basically like, "All right, look, you're in second gear, you're at a reasonable speed, chuck it into a turn, full throttle, get it super sideways, you just keep your foot in the throttle, and it's like, yeah, bogs out. You just yeah. end your drift. It's like, I mean, it's just like, but just drive it differently. Then, I mean, it's still well, because well, basically, he was saying it's just like it doesn't have like enough power. It's like you just keep the full, keep it full throttle, and it's just kind of like it doesn't have like more power. But I mean, that's like when you're doing like 65 mile per hour drifts. It's like I had no problem. Like every day when I went home, there's like a, probably like a, it's an acute turn, so like 110 degrees or whatever. Um, yeah, I would get it sideways every day on the way home from work in that thing. Just it's that easy to drive. And I'm on like <laughs> Hankook RS3s or Kumo, you know, V720s. Yeah, so easy, so fun to drive. Plenty of power. And those I are thought. sticky tires. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you can't buy a new one though, because those things are ugly. Yeah, definitely not going to get an eighty-six. <laughs> so whew. yeah, um, you have to buy the super. You have to be yeah, a BRZ. I mean, that's a cool thing. Like I like the, actually, I like the BRZ refresh. I like what they did with it. Yeah. Um, so it's really cool. That's actually kind of what I'm eyeballing on the horizon. Is like you know we'll see when the golf lease is up. Um, I only got a two-year lease because they announced when I before I got the car actually that they're going to make a longer range e-golf, like fifty percent more range. I think like one hundred eighty miles. Wow. Um, coming out at the end of what 2017 so my lease is up in 2018 so i'm like all right you know it'll be six months old at that time the new car that is so i'll see if i want that or if i still want an electric car or whatever yeah you, know? you played it smart it's kind of like the iphone thing where yeah every two years like, just get damn dude i have another year left or <laughs> yeah so i just like, i want to be in that thing and so we'll see you know it's like um you know I, i'll see what i do with the box here i'm just kind of keeping it around for now i fixed a bunch of stuff you know i did like a new shift box i did both window regulators you know some maintenance so um but yeah the long-term goal long-term being like probably two years from now i want to pick up a new brz um it kind of bugged me that i bought my frs with 
2,400 miles on it because when I bought it, they were really high in demand. So like my local Toyota dealership, I could put in an order, but there were eight ahead of me. So it's like I had to be the ninth guy in line. So you didn't get like a real deal. You just kind of got it because it was available. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I, the car was like 25.5 and I had like the bespoke audio. That was a $900 option. I got the car for 24.5. With, you know, 2,400 miles on it. So, you know, but that was a fair price at the time. I mean, they were going for straight MSRP and I was like the ninth guy in line and I wanted one right then because I crashed my Miata. So I needed a car at the time. So, but yeah, right now I'm just chilling. You know, the e-golf is a great commuter. Um, just chilling in the boxer. I kind of want another toy. I want to think about some coastal range rally, uh, ride yeah. for next year. Right. Yeah. You gotta get yeah. some old, get a be Yeah. It's, it's, it's Volvo ish, right? That's probably, it's probably the next like immediate thing is going to be a coastal range rally car, honestly. Um, nice. and so what are the candidates there? I mean, the, the first thing in mind, I kind of just said it. It's like, um, the, the, he was the Volvo shop foreman, and now he's actually the McLaren shop foreman. This um, really cool Swedish tech. His name is Johan. He's a Swedish guy, and he has a Volvo 240. I think it's an 82 240 coupe um, with a four-speed with overdrive. Nice. And it's like, basically, I mean, he's a mechanic, so it's like he's gone through all the mechanicals. It runs great. I think he put, like, Bilstein shocks on it. It's an NA car? Yeah. Turbo, yeah. yeah. So it's an NA car. Um, Dude, that's US awesome. US spec. Mm. It's like the paint is a little tired, being a single stage paint, so you can just buff it out. It has like the brown interior, which is like, which is okay. But, you know, I want to drive it. Apparently, it drives great. It's like he's like, you know, third or fourth car. You know, he has like a, you know, a Saab and a couple other Volos, a typical oh, Swedish guy. Super weirdo. <laughs> yeah. What color is the car? Yeah, White? No, it's red. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, it can easily be buffed out. So that's kind of... I mean, those, those aren't super easy to find. Like, that's... Yeah, I mean, especially know, like one in super good condition, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, they just have like, you know, 5 million miles on it. And it's like owned by some like surfer bro from Santa Cruz who's just like, yeah, I changed the oil a couple times, bruh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, all right, well, whatever. But um, that's the kind of it for now. I've never driven one, but I mean, I, I watch a lot of videos on YouTube and like 240s, 740s, and 940s go sideways really easily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, I, know, like, I, I really want a, a 740 pretty bad. Sick, yeah. Either sedan or wagon. Mm. There's a great video on the internet. Uh, it's like this this guy has a channel called Drifts and Lifts. It's like this random Canadian guy. He has a video called Can You Drift an Automatic Open Diff Volvo 740? And it's it's like great. This Canadian dude, he's actually like a really smooth, good driver. He has like a turbo 940, I think, as his drift car, but he has like an automatic 740 that he just fucks around in on when it rains. Great, dude. It seems so fun. And then what about the other part? Does he lift weights or something? <laughs> yeah, he does actually. So he does. Not like I care about that shit. But. Every, every time I would take my dad, 740 turbo out it just get like sideways hell yeah head. yeah rear wheel drive turbo thing's so fun and they yeah. fit like decent tires back there and everything yeah it's a great car yeah, yeah so that kind of seems like that's kind of like something for me it's like i want something that i can actually like drive like drive hard you know it's like yeah not worry about you know that. i had a lot of fun like driving like brendan's 2800 cs you know the 70 1970 bmw but you know it was fun to cruise in it, but I just like didn't feel like I wanted to drive it hard. It didn't like ask to be driven you can't, hard, like, you know. Pound it. Didn't want to like, beat on really it, you know. Just like the chassis and the tires that he had, and like the glass transmission, you know, all this stuff. I'm just like, yeah, I'm a little afraid to drive this car. It was fun. I had definitely had a lot of fun driving it. Very impressed by the car. Really liked it, um, you know. But it was fun just to cruise in. It's more but, of a sense of occasion car. Yeah, it's, definitely. And there's nothing wrong. It's like one of those cars where you don't mind going 30 miles per hour in a back road because it's just it's yeah. that cool to be in. You know, I never minded that but it's like for me what i want to drive if i own a car it's like you know i'll get bored going 30 miles per hour i want a car that i can haul ass slide around do stupid stuff you know like rev out all the time just kind of beat on in a way you know i need a sporty car so if you guys have any suggestions you know, I mean, what, what do you, do you think about an e30 
I don't know. I actually don't like E30s that much. It's like, I think that they have awesome interiors, like design-wise, they're fucking awesome. They're probably my favorite BMWs after the E9. Like, I love the interior. That's why I liked when Art got the E34. I'm like, sick. This is like more of that era of BMW yeah. interiors, yeah. which is beautiful. Love that interior. Love the styling. I think E30s are just awesome looking cars, but I'd have to do like so much stuff to it. Like, first thing, I'd have to get like a Z3 steering rack. I hate the slow, I guess a Volvo has a slow steering rack. Too, yeah. Right? You know, probably. it's like old car blue, slow steering rack. Just like, I don't know. I hate to say it like this, but like the E30 I drove, Arts, his M3 and like his 325, it just drives like an old car. I Dude, I'd, it would be better than the Volvo. You think so? Probably. The Volvo's going to drive it's like an old, it's yeah. Be, right? And it's, it's like, not sporty. It's yeah. as sporty like as originally right? sporty, right? It's like, yeah, I, I yeah. don't know. Maybe these like YouTube videos have like brainwashed me. I just see them going sideways because it's like, you know. Well, it's a different kind of fun, right? It's yeah. like stupid fun. It's not technical. It's way less, like, probably technical to yeah, drive it's more a like Hornady kind of, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's more like driving an old muscle car. Well, I mean, you could do any, anything that you did in the Volvo, you could be doing in the E30. Well, too. that's what I'm saying. The E30 is yeah. better in yeah. every way. And yeah. you have the and I'm saying, to make it. And I'm saying like, the, right. the Volvo is more like an old muscle car or something. It's a little sloppier. More basic. And, and not yeah, performance. And stuff like less performance, but that can be fun a certain way, too. So yeah. I'm saying the E30 is definitely better in every single I'm, I'm sure the shifter's better. The oh, steering's, yeah, probably, steering's yeah. better. The bushings are better. The suspension is better for, you know, actually driving hard and yeah. stuff. But So maybe I just drive a Volvo. What if I drive a 240 and I'm like, fuck, dude, these things suck. You might you know, think like, that. Because, you know, it's like weird because like, I'm like in the wrong place for this. But, you know, it's like you guys are like this like an 80s, 90s kind of podcast. Like I'm just like thinking about it like, ah, fuck, dude. You know, like all the most fun cars I've driven, like honestly, are like... I hate to say it, but newer cars. You know, I have a lot more fun in like a Cayman. You know, it's like I like my Boxer, really? but I Even like a new Boxer the, better. You know, this whole history of all the Hondas and and Miatas. Yeah, you're man, still making that statement. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I want to get it back into a Miata. I like my Miatas and stuff, but it's like you know, probably the most fun car I have ever driven is my FRS. The way I had it set up. I just had such a blast. I could just, I felt like I could drive it like at 10 pence all the time. And like, you know, if the rear steps out, I just catch it and go. You know, it's like, I just know what it's going to do. And it just, it's also crisp too. You know, like modern cars have like crisp turn in, a lot more grip. I mean, it amazes me like the e-golf, how much grip it has. There's like this one turn when you go from um, Highway 87 onto 280, there's like a big long sweeper. And um, e-golf limited top speed, 85 miles per hour. So I'll just take it at 85 and it's like, yawn. I was like, this, this Miata was trying to, this like, this Miata was like going back and forth with me the other day. I'm like, what the fuck is this Miata's fucking with me? Maybe he's just going, right? But he, I like went in front of him on this thing and he stayed behind me. I'm like, all right, maybe he thinks he's going to pass me or I'm going to go slow, right? I went on the thing and he couldn't get around me. And like, I was actually losing him on the sweeper and the e-golf going 85. I'm like, what the with, hell? Like low, low rolling resistance. Yeah, like Bridgestone, yeah. E or no, the Ecopias or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But the point is here is that I took that same off ramp because it's like from my, going basically from my mom's house to my house. That's why I go on this route every Sunday. And, um, I was in there in my Boxster and I was like taking it and I'm like oh shit it's gripping up I can like start to feel it like doing something I look down 77 and I'm accelerating I'm like are you fucking kidding me really like it's like you know I'm like all this drama yeah it's like you know it's like I feel like oh I'm loading it up you know I'm like starting to get like I'm not like not like near the limit of grip type I of feel, feel like you might have but, like an alignment issue or something with the well, box. I just, I just got it aligned. That's I don't know, dude. Something like, seems off. It's just because it is it's a just fairly old, modern car. But too. old cars just have shitty suspensions. It's yeah, just but like, that's not that old of a car. It's like pretty. Like if you look at 
I don't know. Like, it should yeah, be pretty good, that. dude. I, like, I, I don't know. I just got it a lot. I, it's I, just, I haven't driven many Boxsters of that era, but I've driven a lot of, like, 996s and stuff. They're yeah. way more capable than, like, a new Golf or something, you know? Yeah, but I guess uh, it's, like, about, the like... The suspension's pretty like, good. Crispness and stability. It's like, man, driving, like, a new... Like, driving yeah. a new Boxster back-to-back with my Boxster, oh, it's like, yeah. oh, I mean, night and day, God. of course. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's kind of like that. Like, the, the MQB platform is, like, so nimble and, like, just has, like, a lot of grip. Like, the, it amazes me what I can do on those tires, you know? It's, like, mm-hmm. weird. Yes, it is weird. I can see that. No, I feel you, man. I mean, there's something really special about having something that just does everything really, really well, right? I mean, that's enjoyable, too. Like, it's, it's. I mean, like, even, like, you know, Jono's GT3, the black one, not 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 as RS. Like, driving that thing, it's, like, this car does everything, like, perfect. Like, I have no complaints. Like, yeah, it's a fucking PDK or whatever. But, I mean... Just the steering is like telepathic. It's so sharp. Like everything feels like it's, it's like so well connected and metal. Yeah, like you're just trans- part of the car. Like it's you p- running totally. down the everything street or something. Everything is transmitted just through yeah. every single thing. The entire chassis speaks to you. The steering speaks to you. The throttle. Everything is so perfect. So, I mean, those cars like, are those. All those new cars are amazing. It's yeah, just, for sure. Yeah. I think our whole thing is like a lot of times it gets a little too fast and stuff. Where you, and yeah, you're, I, you know, yeah. for going on these roads and really having fun, you have to be going like crazy speeds yeah. to exploit yeah. that fun yeah and that 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 level's way too high to be safe on roads and yeah and you know for every you'd be, you're frustrated a lot of times yeah. because you're behind someone that's too slow yeah that's stuff. why the frs for me like that's why it's like super fun i mean you know it's it, it's like i remember one time i had to like we were dropping off a mclaren um it was actually at a location on page mill like at a park we were dropping it off for some filming so um my coworker alessandro he drove the 650s and i followed him i just grabbed a random car. It was a, um, an F10 BMW, like a 550i, so the V8 and everything, um, with a couple of mods. Like weighs like ten thousand pounds, million pounds, right? But you know, a bunch of horsepower, and like it was cool because you know, like I followed him, so and like I, we both know the road like pretty well, you know, and I love driving there, and so I'm like hauling ass behind him. I had it on DTC, I got to admit, not traction control off, so it's like I'm like slamming on the brakes, getting in like hard on the throttle early. It's like getting the tail out just a little bit. DTC is catching me. I'm like on the limit of what this car can do, like hauling ass keeping up with the McLaren blah 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 right and then we get to the top and I'm like dude Alessandro that was so fun man like I was hauling ass behind you and he's He's like like, he's like oh I was just cruising yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, uh, yeah. Hmm. And so that's the thing. It's like you're going the exact same speed, but just one is like, well, I'm just like balls out. And that's why the FRS is so fun. And that's what Art and I were actually talking about on the way over here. He's like, dude, in the E34, like on this road, you know, it's just like so involving. You know, it's like you got to break, you know, here, like transfer it in, get into the corner like this. And like, you know, that's where a lot of the excitement is. You know, it's like in like going like fast in a car. Like it's the relative speed. Slow car fast is about the relative capabilities of the car. That's like the built-in body roll of the new Miata and stuff, yeah. right? It's like yeah. loading up the suspension and yeah, all that totally. kind of yep. stuff. That's, yeah, that's what, exactly what we're talking about. Like, it's like driving the E34 uh, fast is so involving, like, li- physically, like, yeah. because it, the, sto- the, the steering rack's super slow. Like, you know, you have to really weight transfer it to grip and, like, set up, you know, get get the chassis to settle in a turn and, like, actually, once it weights up, then you can turn, you know, it's like everything's, like, really methodical in how you actually drive the car. And yeah. it's like, it's not, like, super sharp where you just, like, you turn and you're pointing in the right direction. It's like, you have to really plan plan out your turn in advance and like that's it it's you know i mean the extreme is like the vanigan we talk about right where it's like a, a thinking man's car but like these older cars like have that character and that in, i mean it's it's you call it shitty now yeah but it's like it's it's, it's fun. fun in its own way yeah. so like the the frs and brz for example like the one i've ever driven 
was like I drive a lot of like cool shit at work and stuff too and none of it really a lot of it doesn't excite me especially yeah. this PDK stuff you know like 997 turbos or whatever yeah. and I just can't get excited about it like it's fast it's everything but it just doesn't you know, I'm like, uh, at the end of the day, it's like, all right, it's some automatic, you know, dick measuring tool or whatever. Yeah. But I remember driving that F, that FRS and I was like, dude, this thing is so fun. You know, like, totally. This thing is amazing. And I need to, I want to buy one of these. Like, I wanted one so bad, but I had the kids and they were young and I couldn't, you know, timing. And that's why I bought the 944. Because I was like, my first thought was, this feels like a 944. This is what a, yeah. this is a new 944, basically. It, 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 and if you look at like everything, it's like kind of, it's pretty similar. Dude, it's super similar. Like In the power to weight ratio, it's yeah. like almost exact. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the power to weight ratio is worse than the 944, but, um, is it? Are you sure yeah. about that? Oh, yeah. How I mean, much it's, is it's heavier I think I and less, it's heavier and less powerful. How much does it weigh? Yeah, the 951 <laughs> is similar because it, it yeah. weighs more. It weighs over 3,000 pounds, right? Oh, really? Yeah. My car's, no, the 944 does. My car's 27, yeah. my car's 2778. What is, oh, is it? Okay, same. Yeah, the FRS is 2750. But, yeah, but mine is 150 horsepower, yeah, yours has 200. Horsepower, yeah. But my motor's really torquey and stuff, so it has a little bit of uh, whatever. It feels yeah. very similar, and the 944 is actually, like, a pretty direct car and pretty capable for, like, an old car. It doesn't feel as old as it really is, yeah. you know? Like, like you can hustle it on any back road and just go crazy, and like you said with the FRS, you can, like, make a mistake, and you can just correct it. It, yeah, it's not it's like you're going to die forgiving. if you slide the car. It's like, oh, there it goes. You know, it's, and it's, it's very fun. forgiving. It's like, it's positive. The steering's really nice. Like, all the things that you like about the FRS is really close to it. So that's yeah. why I bought the 944. Because I drove that FRS, and I was like, uh, oh, this reminds me of my old 944. It's like, I need to have another one. Damn, well, now I can't so, buy one because you have one. So. Yeah. No, you can. Dude, that's a high school Dude, thing. 944 yeah. Wars? No, I don't. Yeah, yeah it's no, like, it's but okay. I, you can click. get one. But lately, I've been looking. I was looking. I was like, man, I, I should get an FRS or BRZ. It's like a, my full-on commuter. But uh, the FRS is totally out with that ugly, that ugly uh, new mount. Because you would only buy brand new? I think so, for something like that. I, I don't see a reason to buy used. And then the new BRZ and FRS with the manual has five more horsepower. Yeah. And, but it, it has a, gear. a shorter gear. Yeah, a rear, like an overall gear. Oh, final drive? So, yeah. yeah, final drive. So it's supposed to, you know, feel faster, even though I think it's maybe slower zero to 60 because it has to be in third to reach 60 now. Holy oh, shit. Oh, really? shit. Damn, but yeah. that's, who cares? No, I mean, no, it's, it's just like fine. A, it's yeah, just yeah, crazy. It's like, You're really yeah, rolling through the That's like really gear. short then. Wow, that's cool. I mean, yeah. But who cares? That's so fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like, like that. Like, that makes it awesome, dude. Like, Especially for the type of shit we do. At yeah. Like, yeah. You're going to be shifting all the time and just like, yeah. that's even more slow car fast. Well, I love that. Yeah, banging like, I think I even asked, that was one of my podcast questions, like banging like a perfect like heel toe downshift or like yeah. full throttle upshift or whatever. Like that's... That's fun. That's why, that's why PDK sucks. It's not because of any other reason other than it's just so cool, man, to be like heel toe, put the clutch in, throw it in the gear, get that perfect rev match. Like that is cool. PDK doesn't suck at all. It's amazing. Yeah, but it's but less it involved. takes away your driver involvement, right? And that's exactly. what we don't like about all these crazy cars and stuff. Yeah. So 
Should we? You guys want to answer a few? You yeah, want to go so into a couple yeah, questions? It's just dawning on me that we don't have Warren for trivia. I know. Did I, oh shit! I didn't do any trivia. Anybody like start? I didn't, I didn't do anything. Sorry. Yeah, I was kind of wondering about that. I was like, so um, do I have to make up my own trivia? Yeah, I blew it. <laughs> uh, I should. We, we should. We should answer questions, and then all of us can think. And maybe, oh, yeah. maybe Ryan's gonna think about trivia. We'll have a recess. Wait, don't let Art do trivia. Okay, He's done I, it before. It's I have a book in really the passenger seat of my car. Maybe I'll go grab it and see if I can. I love Art's trivia. By the way, it's like something like some super long story, and then it's like a really simple question. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, Stan, what color was my first car? No, it's like, what year did the Miata come out? After like a 20 minute story about like the Mazda's racing history and like auto shows, and like. <laughs> um, here, Brian's gone, but he, it doesn't matter for this one. Kieran Beernt asked. Um, what are some pet peeves or quirky features that you guys can't stand with new supercars? Uh, lack of cup holders. No. <laughs> I mean, hmm. I thought about this all day. Yeah, I cheated. We can probably just this, put but... it on, like, with modern sports cars or cars. I just don't like, know if supercars have. Yeah, because it's like, the, I mean. Don't you hmm. think the quirky. So, if we're referring to, let's say, let's say in this, we're referring to supercars as like Ferrari F or, you know, 488s and 458s, yeah. you know, McLarens and stuff like that. Yeah. A lot of the quirkiness is gone. Yeah, that's like the mm. character. I mean, the only thing that I was kind of thinking of is like what actually bothers me is any single manual clutch, or sorry, like sing, like an automated oh, single disc, clutch? yeah, like an automated um, manual clutch, like an Aventador. Oh my god, awful! Like, that huh? is such a pain in the ass. Yeah. It's like even people who come in like so we have like three customers who have Aventador SV Roadsters um, that have McLarens. They've shown up and like they all say the same damn thing. Like this is such a hard car to drive, super impractical. The transmission sucks, but damn, it looks cool. <laughs> so it's like yeah it's I mean like it's weird at a certain point like for supercars like the quirks are kind of like what makes you like the car in a way you know it's just like this thing is so impractical yeah you're like bragging yeah, about exactly. it yeah exactly you're like my feet barely fit in the pedal box yeah. how awesome is or that just like make fun of it like you know this guy comes up and he's like so one of the guys he's like um, he owns a few startups you know he made his money in um, you know like in tech you know like most guys but um, you know he laughs and he <laughs> looks at it and he's like you know this car doesn't have bluetooth audio the Aventador SV he's like look at this thing the MMI port it's like the same a thing that's been in every Audi for like 15 years. Oh, wow. they haven't. They it's haven't moved only on. Only Aventador yeah. SV Roadster. It's, it's a like crazy that, dongle. That, that fucking dongle thing? MMI thing. Oh my god! That, that only comes in 30 pin. So he's like, he's like, yeah, it comes in a 30 pin. So I couldn't get my phone to it. So I had to get a 30 pin to Lightning adapter, and that didn't wasn't long enough. So I had to get it a longer extension. So he's like showing us inside his car. He has like three adapters like coming out. The oh, it's in the wow. passenger footwell, by the way. How's this guy work? Does this court? guy work for Facebook? But uh, I don't think so. Oh, okay. You know what guy with a yeah that has a McLe and he has an SV. Oh, so yeah, trying to think. Yeah. Um, well, there's but, a fucking quirk. Anyways. I don't know, man. I have very limited experience with these cars, so I can't even. think I of can't anything. think of any that aren't like it's basically like normal car stuff. Like I hate start buttons with the key not being able to put a key somewhere and stuff like that. I but, have uh, one that I I don't know, but you guys have. I think that not all of these cars have front axle lift. That's a problem. It. It's, isn't doesn't the 675 LT not have front axle? I mean, it's an option. It's an option. But yeah, it's an option. The thing is, like, it's weird too because like with the 650s and stuff, like some people prefer not having a lift because well, one track car lightness, all the stuff. But the other thing is that you can adjust the coilovers on the non-lift cars. The front wheels, like the front ones, are adjustable. Right, but on demand, like if you have an optimal like setting. But I mean, if you want, if you, like, if you want to lower your car, yeah, you can like lower it without that. But then obviously you can't do anything else. You can't do that right. with the hydraulic lifter. Yeah, yeah. But right. it's weird because I mean, it's like I don't know why you'd buy 
buy like a 650 without that because you're scraping everywhere. It's like, yeah, dude, gotta have really that bizarre. lift. Like that, that I don't get. Like that should be a default kind of option. Same with like 911s too. It's like, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe if you like only go to the track in your GT3 RS, but I mean, still, you gotta maybe put on a trailer or something. It's like, dude, I would get a lift on my GT3. Dude, the front, they don't even put the front lip on turbos on the lot because they just get scraped, you totally, know? Yeah. That's just a replaceable piece. Mm. Yeah, you need front lift and all that stuff, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so you want to move on to the next question? It is from... Where were we? Karen Brown? Uh, uh, okay, Vantigo. Vantigo SF, our buddy Eric up there in San Francisco. Brew Tours. Check him out. Pretty awesome. Uh, he says, if you had to make theme songs for cars that you talk about, what would they be? For example, Arts NSX, the hit 91 song by the Scorpions, Winds of Change. Also a reference to how often he changes cars. Or the Mighty Max song, uh, Mighty Max would be a song, There Might Be Giants. What do you guys think? <laughs> songs? Uh, songs? Songs for cars. For cars. Gosh, these, these types I, I, of this questions are thought. very difficult. It, it yeah. does. I mean, there's like, yeah. Mustang, Sally. We don't talk about Mustang. So <laughs> yeah. it's like, I don't know. And that's so obvious, and too. And it's too obvious. Well, I was also, I actually talked to Art about this, too. It's like, um, for Art, you know, it's like he, he like he like almost like sexualizes his cars. Like, oh. I love like going into the garage and just climbing inside her and just <laughs> sitting in there and smelling, <laughs> smelling the scent and reading the manual. It's like, that reminds me of the Beatles. Like, why don't we do it in the road? Because, you know, it's we're gonna That's do a good it. One. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hmm. I've got nothing, man. I'm, 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 I don't. I don't really have anything either. Do you guys know the band Little Red like Corvette for uh, Lane's uh, 944? <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, that, that would be good. Right? Oh, yeah, I think transaxle, right? 80s car. Yep. Uh, dude. Uh, <laughs> I think Lane likes Prince. I was gonna too. say like, yeah, there's an electronic band called Fuck Buttons. Yeah. Probably. So it's like, I mean, it's kind of the opposite here. We like buttons, but it's like, you know, it's like fuck buttons. I hate those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I don't have anything. We, we don't, we don't pre-read these. So. <laughs> yeah, we encourage you, uh, Vantigo SF, to reply with your thoughts. Yeah, he already gave us well, he two. Gave us his thoughts, so, so that's but he, he needs to... when he says uh, there might be giants, I think that's a band name. They might be giants, right? I don't know. I don't understand I don't, the reference there. Is it Mighty Max? Because that's like a gladiator thing or something. Like I don't know. Mighty Max Maximus that Maximilian. A, uh, One of those guys. Something know. about old German stuff. Blitz Koenig says, "Built or bought?" Question mark. Does one have a greater value than the other? Does one get less respect than the other? Does it matter as long as they are out being driven? Damn. Well, I did not build my e golf, so. <laughs> I mean, I think I think there's more respect to be had for uh, built for built if for it's sure. good if it's well built. I mean, if you did yeah. it, then yeah, it's like wow, look at this guy did something, right? It's like it's not necessary. It doesn't discount uh, cars that are just bought. I don't yeah. think, but I think you know, there's yeah, you get more respect for you it. You definitely give someone more props if it's like basically the same build sitting next to each yeah. other and the one guy paid a hundred grand to have a shop to it and the other guy did it himself in the weekends and in but his it, garage right but in the end it doesn't really matter either yeah, way it's, and if as long as they are driving them both yeah you give them both props and that's the most respect for the person who uses it yeah they yeah. built or bought yeah if the guy who built it just has it sitting in his garage and doesn't do it and is scared to take it out then yeah. he doesn't get any respect yeah know, the, or I, that I much. think in terms of like he i think he mentioned value there um, I think no doubt, you know, it's, it's typically cheaper to buy a 
car that's already been assembled and, and someone pays the premium right up front. Um, you know, cause a lot of, in, in some cases you're buying a car that isn't, doesn't necessarily cost more because it's modified because, you know, that might be a deterrent. Yeah, but he's not talking about value as far as money. He's talking about does one have more value, like quote unquote. Yeah, it depends. Yeah, like that. Term, it depends on who built it. If you're like a hack, I mean, it's like, oh yeah, I just throw this thing together in my garage. Versus well, that's like, what I'm you saying. Know, it has like to be well shop, done, right? Yeah. You know, so yeah. I don't know. I mean, because it's like think about like a singer versus like someone who built like a custom 911 in their garage. That's like extreme, right? Obviously, the singer has like crazy materials and all this stuff, but. I don't know if that's like what he's asking, right? Value? It's like yeah. maybe like sentimental value? Obviously, the one that you built probably has more sentimental yeah. value. Yeah, and I think the a lot of times... I don't know. I'm trying to... I can... Uh, let me throw a counterpoint to that, actually. Like, I mean, we, we've just mentioned, like, obviously, more respect for building yourself. Not, not that it really matters. Counterpoint, uh, when, when it comes to race cars, so I poured a lot of time into my E30 race car. And that's kind of a, a hindrance, actually, when you get out on the racetrack, because I knew exactly I what it took to fix that thing and all this work that had to go into it. So I think it made me more hesitant than the next guy, like my buddies, who they didn't even own the car. They were just driving another dude's car because they were fast. They don't give a shit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so yeah, they'll, I mean, they'll, they'll bang fenders no matter and what, stuff, and they yeah. can take riskier yeah. uh, lines. You but know? that's a different setting, right? It is so, a different setting. Yeah, it's just one counterpoint. But, I mean, that brings up the saying. People say, like, dumb guys build race cars, smart guys buy race cars. There you go. But what about, there was that movie that that guy did, uh, uh, Taming the Beast or something? Or, oh, yeah, oh, it was yeah. the actor. Was it uh, Love the Beast? Love, love the Beast. Loving the Beast? Yeah. Love the Beast, Something yeah. like that. Oh, we're talking about the same movie because like, there's some beast loving out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's not this. It's, uh, what's his name, from Australia, yeah, the actor. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't there something in that movie too where he, you know, he like put so much effort into this car and then and he, he wrecked it right it, away yeah. and it was like. Was like, that the Falcon or yeah. was that the 911? Oh, the Falcon. Yeah. He like yeah. understeered into the woods. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. there is like, there's a mental element to like no, being behind the build and everything. I, I'll also say one other note. Uh, when I, I built my E30, so, um, I had a healthy amount of skepticism that I had installed everything correctly or tightened every bolt in the late night before a track day. Mm-hmm. So where if I had somebody else p- building it for me, I could have probably just like, trusted that everything was done right um and so i had i had this other mental block like oh shit did i did i did i really check the torques on all those bolts and everything and yeah all right uh next question chris sf says production question would you ever boost the levels on your podcast by a few decibels so i can hear you over my loud exhaust um yeah sure i mean look at your radio there's a round knob turn it to the right yeah do you guys think it's too quiet no i think so i don't think so either and all my cars it's like i didn't i didn't even go i mean it's it's, you don't have to turn it all the way up or anything for sure i mean it's quiet i mean like the you know the music that plays is obviously louder but it's not like ridiculous like all right i'm max blasting it you know it's like yeah we can boost it up a little more in post-production like we put it at a level that it's like basically the optimum level right like where you don't want to be kind of blowing out out. but do you use a compressor when you export or anything like that so do you use a compressor well we we it's all in one file and then we i uh i level all the voices so we use a leveler, and okay. then we yeah, whatever. The last one, I actually tried boosted it up a little higher. Uh-huh. So I don't know if that made a difference or not. I didn't mm-hmm. listen to it. 
Mm. I listened. It was fine. I don't know. What, what, yeah. Does he say what he has? Uh, no. Let's yeah, see what he's got. It's got to be loud. It's, it's got to be loud. It's got to be super loud. I mean, it's like the sound quality in the podcast is actually Picture of a Jaguar on blocks. So. He has a BMW, maybe 2002. I don't know. He's from San Francisco. I don't know. Yeah, it looks like it. I see pictures of a lot of cars and or a lot he of bikes. He has a, a red 1976 2002. Oh, is that his? Yeah. Cool looking car. Right. Big bumpers, though. But it still looks good. And then... Uh, 76, it's harsh. Yeah, 9-11, Omamuki says, thumbs up. Um, Smiley face? Heart, heart, heart face. Heart face, heart face. And, oh, and then we have that one more question. You want yeah, to read yeah. that one we got? We just got? Yeah. From the DM. Christopher, Christopher Mully. Hey, guys. New listener here. Enjoying the show. Question for you. I'm looking for a daily driver that gets decent gas mileage. 30 mile commute every day. Is decent on snow, in snow, on, on trails. I live in the Pacific Northwest and can occasionally tow my S14 to and from the track. What would you get around the $12,000 mark? Thank you. Daily driver, tow vehicle. Decent mileage. With decent gas mileage and is decent in snow and on trails. Subaru Forester XT manual. That's not going to tow, yeah, tow a car, will it? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know. Probably only probably tow like two thousand pounds, huh? Twenty five hundred. Twelve thousand bucks isn't a lot of money. I I used to tow my car with uh, just a Nissan Frontier, which is now, you know, it, it was just a V six. He'd want the all wheel drive though. I mean, throwing yeah. something random out there. Like actually, one of my coworkers bought this. Like this, <laughs> I work with this like a kind of eccentric guy, but he's like, I really want a vehicle to tow things with, and he bought it off our lot actually. Um, a Saturn Outlook. It's like, a, it's like a Buick on, like a Buick Enclave. Oh yeah, it's like your little brother. Yeah. So it's got a V6, like a 3.8 liter, a 3.6 liter, one of those, like V6, all wheel drive. It's you know, it's rated at like you know, I forget how much a tow capacity is, like enough to tow a car. Forty five hundred pounds. Yeah. It's so it's it's got like a decent interior. You know, it's it's not oh my god luxurious or anything, but it's not offensive. It's just like, huh? That's just like an oddball. Like I never would have thought of that, but he's like, yeah, yeah totally got this to tow with. I'm like, how about the Saab? What was the Saab based on oh, the GM? Yeah, oh, yeah. It was like the 9.7X. Yeah, yeah. Super rare, right? Yeah, those yeah. are super yeah. rare. Yeah, I, I just immediately go to uh, X5 4.4 liter. Yeah, that'd be good. Like an early one. Yeah. Can My you get those for 12000 bucks? Probably, huh? Yeah, just like a well-maintained higher mileage one. That's what I would go with. Yeah, you just get... Uh... My yeah. my buddy uh, towed his race car with a uh, Jeep Cherokee, just the old V8 four liter. Oh, four straight six. six. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, that would actually be fun. He could oh, have fun with that one, like in the mountains and stuff too. I I don't think they're great for towing, but I think you know you can err on the side of like it's not per- a perfect tow vehicle. You know, it's not big and heavy, um, but it'll you'll you'll get by on those times when you need to tow but then it's a little better uh in every other condition you know better gas mileage and stuff yeah so um matt just pointed something out here uh what was this guy like a, 911 yeah omomuki omomuki is a japanese potential listener do you think he's a listener or he just like saw the picture and he like i it? hope he listens his a lot of his comments are in japanese so interesting or like a lot of stuff in there so uh,私たちのポッドキャストを聞いてくれてありがとうございます。はい、コメントしてありがとうございます。はい、コメントしてありがとうございます。All right, so that ruined the podcast. What does that mean? Yamamoto Yoshimoto. Instead of thank you for listening to our podcast. Um, if he does. All right, is it that time? 
No, we don't have any. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> what have you been doing over there this whole time? Uh, I'm looking dude. for something. I'm just not so good. You know, Warren's our trivia guy, and I think it's just terrible that he's gone, and uh, <laughs> the crowd is going to miss oh him. Oh, my God. I can't believe we blew it and didn't think of any trivia. I don't know, man. I've, I don't know what I've got going on. Cold or allergies or something. I'm already all fucked up. Matt, oh, trivia, trivia time. What does Art have? Trivia time. <laughs> what sickness? Is this a cold? Is this a, is allergies? What Matt, you don't have any trivia you can think of? <laughs> uh, Off-the-cuff trivia. Funky, weird. You you find a lot of weird Easter eggs in cars. Like you text me random shit because oh, you deal with a lot of new cars. Uh, yeah, what's the Volvo Easter? Yeah, egg? The Volvo Easter egg. So yeah, it's like it's well, not like a trivia thing. It's just like a fun fun fact. Yeah, but it's like I don't know. Like I always point this out to customers. Trivia time. <laughs> just want to throw the blonde there. Every time that um, Warren says that, I feel like it needs like a blonde <laughs> <Yeah>. time. <laughs> so what is your Easter egg? So, yeah, and if you look in the back of a Volo um, XC90, in the third row, I always tell people, like, you think that Swedish engineers do not have a sense of humor? Wrong. Flip open the little cargo thing in the back. They basically had to, like, strengthen this plastic piece with a bit of, like, kind of, like, webbing, but they decided to make it cute, so they put, like, a little cartoon spider in, like, the webbing that's used, <laughs> like, structurally for the backing of the plastic like, tray. Um, so you guys don't have any answers for that so (laughs) I don't don't know man I failed if you had told me I would have done you know I would have made some questions that was was clutch Uh, Uh, I think I think we provided a little bit of value there to go on recess and come back (laughs) way to go Matt way to go it is cool I did see the spider in that one yeah I saw it too so the XC90 that's the one that you uh, brought out yeah to that one yeah to the uh, what's the lowest What's the lowest model of that? Like, how cheap can you get those? Um, so you can get a T5, which is still a four-cylinder, but it's just a turbocharged. Four-cylinder. Yeah, they all have tur- they all have four-cylinders. Oh, okay. But so, 300 horsepower, right? Like, so yeah, the the um, basically the T5 is 250 horsepower. It's okay. just turbocharged. So the T6 is 300 horsepower. Actually, 318 horsepower, super and turbocharged. So the T5 starts at like 45,000, um, and that one has like leatherette seats, no third row. Only 250 horsepower, um, and it comes on like 18-inch wheels. I remember the third row is pretty cheap option, though. Or you think is you can't get it in a T5. They decided, I thought you could. Yeah, in Europe you can. You can like spec it out because they're all customization and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, here it's like yeah, T5 is only a five seater. Yeah. T6 and T8s are only seven seaters. What if you do Euro delivery? Can you spec one out? Nope, you can't do that spec. Which that sucks. I wish you could. You know, it's like just like another thing on the assembly line. Maybe they'll do that in the future. Um, in the past, Volvo has like offered. You can basically get like European seat materials. Like you can get colors for the interior that you can't get here by oh. doing European delivery okay. with Volvo. So hopefully they'll do that, but I feel like I spec'd out a T six uh, seven seater or whatever, and like a really low spec one, and it was maybe like fifty three or something. Yeah, that or, sounds reasonable. Yeah, because yeah. I think T six starts at like forty eight something. Okay, and then you know you want a couple options on there. There's like you know like each package is like fifteen hundred bucks. Okay, so T five is just turbo, T six is twin charged, and then you have the T eight, yeah, which so is the, the hybrid. The T eight's a hybrid, so that has a T six engine powering the front wheels, and then you get your um. You know, like electric battery power to the back wheels. Mm. So, and I remember you brought that one out to our cars and coffee last year, yeah. and we were all talking about how we were waiting for the wagon redesign to come out. Yeah, it's coming. Come out, yeah, soon, man. So, like the S ninety is the sedan. You know, that's kind of like it's like 
somewhere between it's like five series, maybe a little bit bigger size. It's not quite seven series size. It's like the flagship sedan. So there's going to be a wagon of that. That's the V90, mm-hmm. um, and the cross country is coming in like December, January. Yeah, it's kind of like the old uh, seven series or nine nine forties. It's like it's like taking over that yeah, role. So they're gonna have like actually like a big wagon now. So I mean, yeah. they had the XC70 for a while, but now they're actually gonna have like a V90, which is like a road going, you know, not like lifted and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But the XC70 was just based on the the v the the v60 or v70, v70 yeah. which was like a smaller kind of three series kind of car yeah so it's like a three yeah. series wagon basically yeah um which is kind of was weird because we got the v70 but it sold so poorly here they just discontinued it all we get is the xc70 Whoa. so gotcha. you can buy a new v70 they actually use them for the police in sweden which, which is, is same with audi right the they have the a4 all road but right. they don't have an a4 wagon yeah so they can get it yeah they get all that cool stuff that we don't get you know so yeah Hmm. I don't know. Not really big on wagons in this uh, neck mm. of the woods. Well, yeah, CUVs have taken over. Totally. I mean, they are wagons essentially, and they handle well and everything. Yeah, I mean, it's weird how people are like, "Oh, look at that thing! It's a wagon." Now, give me that it's CUV though. That's yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, what yeah. are you thinking, man? Yeah. Like, I don't get the logic there, and it makes no sense to me. It but. does. There is no logic it's, behind yeah, it. It's really all isn't. like mental. It's just. I mean, it's just like tricking people into buying a wagon. Essentially. Yeah, it's, like, Ooh, it's tall, so it has more cargo space. It's like, uh, yeah. no. Well, the, the one argument I've heard is that people kind of have a like, I mean, which is really ironic, right? Because they've proven that you know, obviously, higher center of gravity causes problems there for rolling. They like having that commanding yeah. view of the road. Yeah, it feels safer and also being for high. their kids to be ele- up higher. Yeah. So that, like, that's and one something you said for that. I mean, they feel safer too, like. Be- being up above and not looking up at cars. Sure, I mean, that's like, part of it is not even like in a crash, it's just being able to see over the other cars, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, in most of my cars, you know, especially like the Boxer, it's like I'm looking at rear bumper all the time, you know, it's like I have to be like looking around the side, like craning my neck to find it or whatever, but, yeah. yeah. Alright, well, that's, that's a podcast. That's a podcast. Podcast. Later, Brass. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. Turn your volume up. Later. Okay. Peace. It's funny, like, listening to the podcast, you guys are like, ah, art is so drawn out. I'm like, do I know it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ten years. We saw the same story that he told me the first time. Wait for the ending on that one.